Well, hello there. It's me. Um, it is the dead of winter, and I am just... <laughs> I'm going crazy. I... I eat, like, I, I eat, I don't take it, I eat vitamin D every day, I just, I crush, I crush them into a little powder, and I, I just dunk a whole tablespoon of it into my morning coffee. <laughs> um, I haven't seen the sun in, like, six days. <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm going crazy here. I need w what we need is um something to pass the time until until summer comes. Really, until until I can receive vitamin D naturally and um feel alive again. So What our our random okay our random letter okay it is X now what what else could it be except X files I mean really what what else are we gonna choose here well let's mosey on down to the fandoms um what's under x for tv shows it's incredibly short um actually a lot of this is uh chinese tv shows because they they use x a lot more um than us so what we have really um it it looks like about about 3 Three different things, um, yes, three different things to choose from, which is Xena Warrior Princess, The X-Files, or, um, X-Factor. This, this is what we have to choose from. Um, it... Listen here, folks, I am in the throes of... <laughs> seasonal affective disorder and um i really wanted to choose uh, my my instinct tells me to choose x-files of course because this is what i know this is what i come from i don't even know but i i'm going to write these down and i'm going to number them one through three and we're going to put we're going to put this through the random number generator and we're going to see what we get, all right? We're going to see what we get and we're going to be happy with it. We're going to smile. <laughs> Even if we're not happy on the inside, we're going to smile. <laughs> oh, I'm losing my mind. Okay, so I'll be right back. I'm going to do that and get right back to you. Listen, 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 listen. I I have the number generator here. It's ready. It's ready to go. I just have to tap the button. But first, first.
first, I just want to say, I just want to sweet talk it a little bit. Come on. Uh, we have our list here. X Factor is one. X Files is two. Xena is three. Please, please, please give me two. Come on, baby, two. It's one. We, today, we are... <sighs> today... <laughs> Today, we are going to read X Factor fan fiction. And um, I am not, I am not going to filter out the mature works because why not? You know, let's live, let's live dangerously. Let's live on the edge for once. Let's make it a little exciting, okay? <laughs> uh... Our page number is four. We're going to go to page four. Flutter by Everything is Intoxicating. Janelle and Demi can't choose a song. <laughs> okay? I want you to know this was written in 2013. Oh, we only... <laughs> there's only two results on this page. It's the very last page. It's the very last page of results, so there's only two left. Um, and then the other one, the other one we have here is um, Anything Could Happen. Anything Could Happen by uh, Speaking Without Sound or Sev313 for Melodious B. And, oh God. Sorry, I clicked on the wrong thing. Uh, the summary is, Simon doesn't know how to feel about Demi and Ryan becoming friends. It's unsettling. And more than a little bit worrying, okay? He's unsettled. And that was written in 2012. So, okay, there's only two to choose from. So let's input this information, generate its one. It's number one. We're going to read Flutter by Everything is Intoxicating. This is a teen and up ra rating. Um, F, F, oh God, F slash F. And I'm guessing this is strictly within the X Factor US fandom. So here we are and let's Thank, thank God this is short. Let's just, let's just read it, all right? Let's get to it. They couldn't, for the life of them, agree on a song. Janelle Garcia, I don't know if that's actually how you say her name. It's just what I feel like today. And going back to what I said, we're going to smile. And we're going to enjoy enjoy everything we hear and we're just gonna smile and smile and smile some more and <laughs> um try not to be tired because it's winter I, I didn't even know Janelle Garcia sat at a small round table her chin resting on crossed arms she stared at the notebook, folded open to a dog-eared page in front of her. I really think it's the right one for you, Demi said it, like it was an afterthought. Like they hadn't been debating it for the better part of an hour. I just, Janelle sighed deeply, I want to do it, I do. 
I like the song, but I feel like <laughs> I have a lot to prove this week. And this might, <laughs> sorry, uh, this might not be my best possible option. She hated arguing with Demi. Demi was, after all, the professional here. The judge, the superstar, the experienced one, and Janelle. Janelle was just the X-Factor hopeful, one of so many talented contestants. It was quiet for a few moments until Demi sighed thoughtfully and rose from her seat across the table from Janelle. You know what? Should we drink for this one? I think we should because, you know, it's the middle of winter. What else do I have to look forward to? I, this is going to be the whiniest, the whiniest I've ever been. Um, but I just, you know what? Let me, I'll be right back. Hang on. Okay. I'm back with my shot of vodka and I already spilled some, so that's great. But you know what? Um, when, when life gives you lemons, um, drink Sprite and mix the Sprite with a, a titty, a titty bit of vodka. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't have anything. I don't have anything funny to say. I, I really can't. I can't focus on anything because I'm tired of it being winter. Okay. And, um, you know, here we go. We're just going to take our shot. Oh, God. That was terrible. That was terrible, but at least I feel something now. Okay, um, where were we? Janelle hadn't moved except to follow Demi's movements <coughs> with her eyes. <laughs> ah, sorry for that little interlude there, but man, I just really needed something. She let her eyes fall closed gently as Demi fingered her newly cut bangs. Do you really hate it? She asked quietly. Yes. No, Janelle lied. It's going to take some getting used to, definitely. But I think it's the change I needed. Demi smiled wistfully. I keep forgetting. I'm surprised all over again every time I look at you. She was still brushing her fingers through the uneven layers of Janelle's hair. Janelle, Janelle chuckled. God, I love saying it like that. Janelle. Lifting her head. That bad, huh? Demi smiled back at her. Before you were so cute, she offered, putting emphasis on the so. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me read it again then. Demi smiled back at her. Before, you were so cute, she offered, putting an emphasis on the so. But this, this is sexy on you. You look hot, Janelle. Janelle turned light pink, wondering what the little flutter um, appearing in her stomach. What? <clears throat> Wait a minute. Let me read this sentence again. <laughs> Janelle, Janelle turned light pink, wondering what that little flutter 
appeared in her stomach and why she hadn't noticed it earlier. That's that's literally how they wrote the sentence. I'm not messing it up. She bit her lip involuntarily, smiling coyly when she murmured, Thanks, but have you seen yourself lately? She jokingly <laughs> glanced at Demi, running her eyes quickly up and down her figure. Damn, girl! They laughed together at that, Demi pulling- I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for your ears. I'm sorry. Demi pulling her hand back and Janelle crossing her ankles, brushing her knees against Demi's. And then was that little flutter again. What? What? And there was that little flutter again. Okay, I just read it wrong this time. Janelle's breath caught in her throat for just a fraction of a second. Her eyes flicked up to meet Demi's. The brown of Demi's eyes had darkened into something much silkier than Janelle had been expecting, and her little grin died on her face as she felt the atmosphere between them change. Clearing her throat, Janelle tried to backpedal. Um, anyway, I guess we should probably try to... Demi's hand beneath her chin stopped her, and before there was time for Janelle to question what was going on, their lips were touching. <laughs> That's literally how they wrote it. I, they're kissing. They're, they're kissing, okay? Why did you write it like that? Why? I love you because you wrote it like that. Thank you. Thank you for that. There wasn't much to it, but Janelle felt herself leaning into the kiss, and Demi pushed gently back, her hand slipping around to the back of Janelle's neck. Suddenly, Demi pulled away. Her eyes were wide with panic and disbelief, and she opened her mouth, supplying the beginnings of some sort of reconciliation of what had just taken place. Sorry. Oh my god. I don't know why. I swear. I didn't, sorry. I didn't even mean to. I'm so sorry. I really don't. And this time it was Janelle cutting Je Demi off, pushing, pushing herself forward and into a second kiss, tentatively running her tongue along the bottom of Demi's lip, apparently forgetting. <laughs> uh, apparently forgetting all of her earlier apologies. I'm so glad that it it landed on x-factor i'm so glad i'm so happy apparently forgetting all of her earlier apologies demi tangled her hand into the hair at the base of janelle's neck and opened her mouth their tongues met and suddenly they were on fire somehow janelle had ended up in demi's chair in demi's lap straddling the older girl's legs <laughs> Hands grasped and groped, and everything was hot in lips and teeth and tongues. <laughs> they broke apart after an immeasurable amount of time, eyes shining and meeting with equal parts hesitation and excitement. A small giggle escaped Janelle and Demi, let her own eyes close, laughing with her at how ridiculous the scenario had turned in such a short amount of time. Well, Janelle supplied, sliding off of Demi's lap, I still don't like your song choice. So, it is a, 
a goddamn tragedy that this this fic has no comments um and just a handful of kudos so later on <clears throat> after i'm done recording this i'm definitely gonna go leave a comment on that because i loved it so much okay and we are back so <clears throat> i should say Let's just have a little bit of a, let's try and have a little bit of a sober moment here. I wasn't in any way trying to make fun of, like, the, um, the fact that it's two females or anything. I was just having fun with the story, so I hope nobody was offended or anything. It's totally okay to have, um, you know, to be lesbian. That's fine. Um, as for me, myself and I, I am jabs. I am, do you know what jab, you don't know what jabs stands for? It's, uh, just another boring straight. So, all right. I put the number generator, I, I made it, I made it do its magic again and we landed on, you know what? We landed on the same fucking page. So now we're going to read that other story called Anything Could Happen. By speaking without sound, or Sev313, and uh, if you if you don't remember because you have like short-term memory loss like I do, um, the summary is Simon doesn't know how to feel about Demi and Ryan becoming friends. It's fucking unsettling and more than a little fucking bit worrying, okay? Um... Oh, author notes. Written for Yuletide 2012 for... <laughs> I wasn't your assigned writer, but after finding your X Factor prompt, I couldn't pass up the opportunity to write a little Ryan slash Simon. Hope you enjoy and happy holidays. Oh, okay. So this one is actually M slash M. So this is like a little gay fic. That's cool. So, um... Uh, the rating is for general audiences. Unfortunately, I wish I wish it was an explicit one. And um, it's strictly within the X Factor fandom. So here we go. Oh, wait a minute. I forgot. Okay, so I got my little skull, my cool little skull uh, shot glass here. And um, I put more soda than vodka in it because I'm kind of a lightweight. And uh, I don't want to get, like, blackout drunk, so here we go, taking a sip, or taking the shot. Oh, fuck. Alright. Here we go. He's a decent man. Ryan, Ryan's learned over the years that it's easiest just to start with that. Get it out on the table with their cups of coffee and their iPhones. Brittany and Demi raise their eyebrows and Ryan leans back, crossing his legs and amends. He can be difficult. Demi puts her hand over her mouth and she chokes on a laugh. Her finger... Oh God, sorry. <clears throat> her fingernails are painted a bright pink and Ryan tries not to wrinkle his nose at the flowered neon dress she's wearing to match. Fuck you mean? Her dress is fine. Shut up. Difficult, she asks, raising one perfectly waxed eyebrow, and Ryan tries really hard not to hate her already. An ass, he concedes, sometimes. 
Brittany looks a little shell-shocked. Aw, Brittany, love you. When she seems to feel Ryan's eyes on her, she reaches for her cup of coffee and gracefully buries her face in it. Other times, Ryan continues, because this is the point he needs to get across. Simon will never show it. Not right away. Unusually, sorry, usually not till it's much too late, but he's wonderful. He's brash and conceited and arrogant. Whatever word you'd like to choose, he fits it, but he cares, and he's the best man I've ever known. But you're in love with him. Ryan stares at her, knowing that his mouth is hanging open unattractively. Demi shrugs. I assume. Ryan closes his mouth and makes a note to ask Simon if there's some history here or if Demi's just watched too many E.T. reports. Entertainment reports? I don't know. In the meantime, though, this is his meeting, and he refuses to be pushed off kilter by a 20-year-old pop star. Ooh, damn. Yeah, I am. Which is why I wanted to talk to you first. I wanted you to have the chance to see him as I do. I find that it helps. In the beginning. And if we don't? Brittany asks, her hands grasping around her mug as she takes a slow, careful sip. Ryan shrugs at her. Then this won't work. Like Paula and Nicole? Demi asks, sounding rather cheery. Sort of. Ryan rubs his hand over his forehead. They were complicated. Or Paula was. Nicole couldn't handle it. Hmm. The show. All of it. Sorry. <laughs> I wrote him. I read him as hmm. Oh God, let me start over. Sort of. Ryan rubs his hand over his forehead. They were complicated. Or Paula was. Nicole couldn't handle it. Him. The show. All of it. Brittany nods as if she's taking it all in. Demi just grins as if she's accepted accepted a challenge. She's insufferable. Which one? Ryan asks, balancing the phone precariously between his shoulder and his ear while he types. Ryan, sweetheart, are you listening to a word I say? Simon sounds annoyed and Ryan smiles. Yes, dear. Demi's annoying. Noted. Simon scoffs. It's not worth talking to you. And hangs up. Ryan drops his phone to his desk and grins. It seems he owes Demi an apology. Simon doesn't know how to feel about Demi and Ryan becoming friends. It's unsettling and more than a little bit worrying. The X Factor crew are in Austin. Sorry. The X Factor crew are in Austin taking a break and Simon runs into Demi in the hallway behind the stage. She's giggling and when she sees him, she gives a little half wave. Simon assumes she's talking to some boy she picked up at a bar or something and he takes his and he takes the phone from her unprotesting hand planning on telling the guy to leave her alone during work hours. Simon almost drops the phone when Ryan's voice pipes back at him. Hey babe, how are you holding up? Demi says. It's hot in Austin and I, and I know how you love that. Simon tilts his head, raising an eyebrow at Demi as he speaks slowly. Hello darling, I just tried to call you. I'm not at the office. Seems not. Demi tells me that you've had a few admirers today. Since when are you... Are and Demi this chummy? Oh God! Here come the burps. Sorry about that. Sorry. Don't change the subject. Ryan. Ryan sighs audible. I know her and Brittany. What? Oh, so <laughs> I'm so drunk. I'm reading this wrong. 
I took her and Brittany out before. You left for San Francisco. No use avoiding the question. I could just ask Demi. He lets the name hang on, and Simon swears at, at them, at the both of them. Her name was Panda. Promised to buy me jewelry. He has an edge to his voice, and he can see Ryan roll his eyes through the phone. I'm sorry if I'm not doing this justice. I'm, I'm already fucking drunk. I had like two teaspoons of vodka, and I'm already fucking drunk. okay i buy you plenty of things jewelry ryan jewelry he feels demi hit him on the head and he glares at her why did you tell the girls i told them that you're sweeter than you let on you're soiling my reputation and i asked them to look out for you ah sweetheart you care give the phone back to demi he pauses then adds quickly oh and sigh don't accept jewelry from any more contestants, yeah? Simon rolls his eyes. Yes, Ryan, my ass is yours. Happy? Very. Ryan grins and it comes through his, in his voice. I'll call before I go to sleep. <clears throat> Simon nods, not caring that Ryan can't see him, and hands the phone back to Demi. Her eyes are a little wide, and which is ridiculous because they've been on the road long enough now that she could that she should be getting used to him. Star, star, star. Demi is, that's their little bumper in between to signify that um, the scene is changing. Demi's taken to handing out in Simon's hotel room when they're on the road. Oh my God, I'm sorry, I'm so drunk. Demi's taken to hanging out in Simon's hotel room when they're on the road. She takes his bed, and she steals the remote, and she likes to watch, oh god, watch children's cartoons and zombie shows, and it almost makes him nostalgic for the hours and hours of the food network that Ryan has made him watch over the years. At least that was somewhat educational. Zombies are just obnoxious, and a little bit terrifying. You You have a room of your own, a penthouse suite. I know because I pay for it. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just randomly laughing. He sits down on the bed that she hasn't stolen and starts taking off his shoes. It reminds him of the early days of Idol when they were working on low budgets and had to share rooms and he and Ryan would argue over who got stuck with the bed closer to the door until they just gave up and started sharing the one by the window. She just shrugs, lying down on her stomach, her legs dressed in short shorts and slippers, swinging back and forth like she's in an episode of Clarissa Explains It All. Aw, I love... uh, Shout out, I loved watching that show with my sister. Or Playboy. Simon isn't exactly sure. Your room's nicer. It has a jacuzzi. When you're a producer, you can have your own jacuzzi. And then he pauses because, wait... Did you use my bathtub? She shrugs again. You weren't here. Simon drops back in on his bed with a deep sigh. Americans have utterly no sense of privacy. She looks entirely unapologetic as she flips the channels on the TV faster than Simon can keep up with. I was either, it was either yours or LA's. I'm more scared of him. Who's LA? You should be more scared of me. 
She laughs, shrill and annoying, and he frowns. What? I'm scary. You're a big teddy bear. Most people don't know it yet. She pops a few Skittles in her mouth, taken from the secret stash that Ryan always puts in his suitcase. I'm, I'm enjoying this so far. How about you? Simon scowls, struggling up from the bed and making his way out to the balcony, looking back long enough to order stay before closing the door and pulling out his cell phone. This is your fault, he says, before Ryan has the chance to greet him. What'd she do now? Simon leans against the railing, gazing out at Providence. Lights glimmering off the water. She's in my room. I can't get her out. She's practically a teenager, Simon. I'm sure you can find a way to handle her. She has an average, Simon grumbles under his breath. Oh? Yes, oh, Simon scowls again. You should know. You've told her everything about me. Ryan laughs. Only a few of your lesser ticks. I promise. You need someone there to keep you in check. It's why I miss you. Simon means to sound sarcastic, but he just sounds tired and honest and Ryan's voice softens. And Ryan's voice softens. Me too. He pauses. Demi sent me a picture this morning. You're wearing the shirt I sent. You left a note. Said I'd look, I'd look hot in it. You do, Ryan promises. Trust me, you do. America will thank you. Ryan snorts. I'd rather they didn't. Simon turn, turns around, glancing through the glass door to see that Demi's opened the mini-fridge. He sighs. I've got to get back in there before she destroys something. Sure. Simon can feel Ryan's indulgent smile through the phone. I do miss you. Simon doesn't deem that with a response. Star, star, star. It's, it means that the scene is transitioning. <laughs> Maybe it's just because the show's almost over and Simon's going to miss it, but he's feeling generous the night of the second-to-last live show. It's the last time he'll hear any of these contestants perform on his stage, and he's feeling proud and happy and seated in an entirely non-sexual way, and sated in an entirely non-sexual way because his girls were fantastic, better than he could ever, than he could have ever uh, hoped. He's not feeling overly optimistic about them winning this whole thing, but it doesn't matter because he already has a contract drafted and America loves them and they're going to be stars with or without the $5 million prize, okay? She's having happy, he's having happy little big brother feelings for Demi because she really had been spectacular in her duet with his girls he is about to tell her so when he turns the corner to the contestant's staging room to find Demi half-sitting in Ryan's lap. Ryan has the grace to blush, a, a little guilty, but Demi just waves her trademark half-wave. Before Simon can do anything about it, though, Fifth Harmony is crowding around him, hugging him and kissing his cheek, and Simon can't find it in him to be too angry when Ryan's giving him a proud secret smile over the top of their heads. Simon shakes his head, but ushers him over anyway. Much to his satisfaction, Ryan pushes Demi away and makes his way gracefully through the group to stand by Simon's side. Simon takes his arm and pulls him forward. Girls, you know my husband, Ryan. They exchange smiles that make Simon think that Demi's been talked to. Been talking... Sorry. <laughs> they exchange smiles that make Simon think that Demi's been talking, but then Ryan's learning leaning into Simon and doing that thing he does, where he asks personal questions and makes everyone feel comfortable instantly, and Simon can't help but love seeing Ryan here. 
with his brilliant group that he built from nothing. Hey, Simon. It's flirty and challenging, and Simon glares extricating himself from the group to stand in front of Demi. Did I pass the test? She asks, batting her eyelashes. Simon pauses for a moment, cursing Ryan, then closes his eyes briefly. Think you can keep your contestants longer next year? That a challenge? If you're not too scared to accept... She scoffs. Scared? What do I have to be afraid of? Simon shakes his head. See you next season. She reaches up to press a kiss on his cheek. To his cheek. Next season, she promises. Yay, there's some comments on this. Let's read it. Melodious B says, Thank you so much. This is impossibly delightful. And the author responds, I'm really glad you liked it. I've played around with these characters a lot, but I haven't actually posted any of it, so I'm glad it worked. Happy Yuletide. And then Melodious B responds, And now it is time for the not posting from my phone comment. It definitely works. You've captured that simultaneously mean and sweet Ryan slash Simon dynamic so well, and it's really interesting to see a bit of how that relationship might look to other people. I tend to like to read them and write them as being a lot more secretive, but it's great to get an alternative view. Also, Demi! I love how she's friends with both Ryan and Simon, but in totally different ways. I love how when Ryan talks to her and Brittany about Simon, it's clear that Demi just gets it. I love, I most of all love the idea of Demi hanging out in Simon's hotel and using his jacuzzi and watching ridiculous things on television. I'm so glad you saw my prompt and decided to do something with it. Oh, this is that person. Uh, because this is exactly what I wanted. And then Child of Darkness 69 says, this was freaking fabulous and, um... The author responds, this is my favorite comment. Thank you, thank you. Okay. Um, Alright, I'll be right back. Okay, here we are back again. So, my random number generator landed on page one. So, I'm going to read to you uh, what the results are on page one. Ruffled Feathers by The Writer Demi Lovato is known for speaking her mind, so when a contestant pisses her off, she tells them exactly what she thinks. If Hearts and Tears won, recording contracts by the writer. After the X Factor finale, Demi discusses the outcome with one of her contestants. And we also have Gut Feeling by also by the writer. Demi faces an emotional decision regarding one of her contestants during the X Factor auditions. Chemistry Unplugged, also by the writer, a series of vignettes about Demi's relationship with Simon Cowell, Bad Hair Day, also by the writer, Demi reflects on a bad performance, Romantically in Love, or A Diamond Story, uh, okay, by C. Moy O2, or I Dream of Demi, a lot of Demi slash Simon, romance slash smut, leads to explicit sex. I am so ashamed, but not really. X Factor by Midnight Swans. When Emmy, when Emma, sorry, when Emma Swan auditioned X Factor as singer, the last thing she expected was being put as group with the most dashing but a real pain in the ass man, Killian Jones. Okay, uh, The Ancient Art of Handholding by 
C-X-R-V-I-R, um, in which Lauren is a professional handholder and Camilla is denser than a rock. Uh, Okay. Uh, War in Defense of Liberty by Ginosensi11, gathered in one place, dot, 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 seeking for one dream, dot, 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 Fighting for one goal, dot, dot, dot. Thousands may try, dot, dot, dot. Thousands will fall, dot, dot, dot. Only one rules, dot, dot, dot. Only one will become, dot, dot, dot. The last brigadier general of the idol army. Don't know what that means. Typo by CXRVIR. Lawrence, a popular 17-year-old from Miami. With a well-known blog. Camellia's... Camilla's? Camellia? I don't know. Camellia, the generally quiet, shy, well-protected, and still largely unknown teenage teenage daughter of Vogue magazine's editor-in-chief mother, an investment banker father, Sihim, and Alejandro Cabello, they happen to meet by chance during Lauren's short vacation to New York, and there's an instant connection despite being complete strangers. After a mutual agreement to stay in contact, the girls exchange numbers. However, Lauren finds out that Camellia has made a typo with her phone number and is stubbornly set on finding her. Luckily for Lauren, just like her mother, Camellia's got a good eye, and not just for fashion. Crazy by CXRVIR, Camellia has a few thoughts she needs to voice before bed, and the only person she finds fitting enough to listen to her relations sleeps like a bulldozer. Meant to be by Spiritless Archangel. Johnny likes Bradley a lot more than Bradley thinks. Johnny wants to be more than friends, but does Bradley feel the same way, or is he as straight as a flagpole? Johnny's out of the closet, and he's confused on Bradley's feelings. Bradley has shown some signs that he might be gay. Johnny loves Bradley, but can it work out? They have been best friends since second grade. Is it worth the price of a relationship? Johnny doesn't want to ruin the 10-year friendship they've worked so hard on. Johnny may have to push his own limits to see if if he can get Bradley to feel the same thing he does. Johnny lives a horrid life at home. With an abusive dad, scared mother, and a little sister, Johnny has turned to self-harm to hide the pain, oh dear, he feels, and when Bradley finds out about that, will he snap or be disappointed? The two boys are in for a long and bumpy ride on this roller coaster of pain, confusion, drama, and maybe even a little love. Bradley has a dark secret. He can't, he doesn't want to come back into his life after he tried so hard to bury it. Can they make it, or will it go? Will it all go down in flames? Is this meant to be, or was this thing a mistake? Read, meant to, read meant to be to find out. Um, I want you to know that was published in twenty fifteen. Arms wide open by I dream of Demi. She didn't push the feeling away. She let it invade her and absorb her like that sadness often did. Like that sense of loss that fluttered her once in a while did. 
She let him take over again, take over her soul with endless words he whispered in her ear as she slowly fell asleep in his arms, to wake up there again the following day, inside his embrace, where where perhaps she wasn't doing the right thing, but the only place in the world that made her feel that maybe, just maybe, she would survive. How to Save a Life by Orphan Account Just a random story about four troublesome kids. Rules by Princess Diana. Camellia needs rules so that she's not attracted to Lauren. War of the Pop Stars by Dr. Seuss. In the year 3000, the country of Demi... Sorry, the country of Denim has created a new form of entertainment, the Hunger Games, where 24 groups of individuals have to fight to the death. When Justin Bieber must fight in place of his brother he learns that it's not as easy as he thought and he may never be coming home listen 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 the next one is and the reason is you by table for three sequel to say what you mean and two weeks without drew both stories found on wattpad drewsley the boys head to the x-factor weasley and drew deal with their non-existent sex life and the scrutiny from their growing number of fans keaton just wants them to be happy (sighs) but if you but if i know you i know what you'll do or love me at once by orphan account lauren can't handle it being wrong anymore with you, comma, I feel again by Andy Dwyer. Twenty-year-old Lauren Jeragui is solid in her job as a full-time lifeguard at the Hernandez Family Golden Valley Ranch Resort in Austin, Texas. With a beautiful girlfriend, solid money flow, and a family of fellow employees and practically free housing. Oh dear, excuse me. Lauren should be living on top of the world. Excuse me again. But with the result of Camellia Cabello into Lauren's life, sorry, but with the return of Camellia Cabello into Lauren's life, all she has left is a pocket full of guilt and a heavy heart. And our last, as yet unproperly named, Secretary A.U. by Heartless Freedom. Just really wanted to write a Demi slash Simon secretary AU, so I am. Only Demi is still a singer and Simon is still a music producer. Okay, so we have 20 results here. We need to randomize. We need to use our generator and the result is 20. So we're, we're reading this last result. I hope you're ready. It is as yet unproperly named secretary AU by Heartless Freedom. Hang on, I need a drink. Okay, so this time, uh, picture a little, like, mouse character from, like, um, what was it? The Amulet of Nim or the, the Secret of Nim. Uh, picture that little mouse character and, like, picture her boot, her little boot thing on her foot. I put a little uh, mouse's bootful of vodka in my shot glass and then just filled the rest with soda. So, um, here we go.
Oh man. Okay. <clears throat> um here we go. Chapter one. This says chapters. Oh my god. And it's pretty short, so I'm happy about that. Oh, actually it's just it's only one chapter. They never finished it. Uh this was written in 2013, by the way. Demi Lovato was a sweet girl, at least in the eyes of the public. She was a sweetheart from Camp Rock and a Disney Channel star. Now that she was transitioning to an adult in the recording world, everyone was anxious to see just how true she would stay to that image. August 20th, 2013, found Demi being quietly discharged from a sobriety clinic that only a few people knew she has ever been in. Her mother picked her up from the clinic and took her home to prepare for her sister's wedding. Demi watched Dallas walk down the aisle. Dallas is a cute name for a girl. Her face beaming at her soon-to-be husband. She didn't know how she had made such a careless mistake. She'd been self-injuring since she was eight years old. Oh, God. She should have known better. But her mother had surprised her by coming home early to surprise her, and she had cut just a little too deep. But she had come to almost enjoy the clinic. It was easier there. The strict routine had made things less complicated for a while. The next week found Demi looking for a new record, record label, as Hollywood Records had released for her, released her when she had been forced to postpone her new album due to the clinic's strict rules. Luckily, they had been kind enough to do so quietly without any statement other than that they wanted different directions for the album's sound. She was grateful for the quiet she had to find new space and to decide whether she could continue to stay sober and have a career in the music industry as well. On a whim, Demi found herself approaching the building that, that housed Psycho Records in hopes that she might convince them to give her a chance. As she waited in reception to meet with Simon Cowell, she heard a commotion in his, in his office. A girl around Demi's age threw the door open in anger and stomped out of his office. You are such an asshole. I can't stand working with you one more day. Do whatever you want. Excuse me. But I'm not, but I'm going back to Mirami Dawn Studios to do the rest of my recording. This was no sound. There was no sound in the office as the girl walked away, leaving Demi alone in the reception area. The receptionist had left to get some paperwork for Mr. Cowell, letting Demi know that Mr. Cowell would get her when he's when he's ready. Delight in in light of the commotion, Demi stood, hesitating with debate on whether to wait for him after all or to leave before he saw her. Just as she took a step to leave, she heard a voice speaking to her. No, stay. Demi paused but didn't turn around. Who are you? This was spoken in a, norm in a normal voice, but the subtlety, um, the subtle undertone caused her to shiver at the sound. Did she really want to work with someone known to be such trouble? Something gave her a bit of strength, and she turned and walked over to the doorway. He was standing in and held out her rough drafts, drafts for her new album. What's this? It's a few songs I've started drafting for my new album. This was said in a shy manner, with her face down, looking at the floor. 
She looked up at him through her eyelashes. I want to work with you. Simon paused at this. You're a Disney star. Do you really want to work with me? This won't be as wholesome for, for the whole family as you're used to. I know. Demi smiled at him briefly. Are you pregnant? Demi laughed at the odd question. No. Do you plan on getting pregnant? No. Are you living in an apartment? A house with my mom and stepfather. Are you married? No. At this point, Demi was starting to look at him even when she wasn't replying. She had to respond quickly. She could tell he wasn't a patient man. Is that your rough cuts? Yes. She handed the flash drive to him and he held it in his hand for a moment. Sing one of the songs from here right now. Demi hesitated for a moment. When she thought about all the work and therapy she'd been through in the past year and having to deal with all that pressure again, she was almost too frightened to open her mouth, but something about Simon made her feel braver. So she looked into his eyes and without any vocals, arms up, started to sing. This is a story that I have never told. I've gotten to get this I've got to get this off my chest to let it go. I need take back the light inside you soul. You're a criminal and you steal like you're a pro. All the pain and the truth, I wear like a battle wound, so ashamed, so confused. I was broken and bruised, now I'm a warrior. I've got thicker skin, I'm a warrior. I'm stronger than I've ever been. I don't recognize that song, that's the only reason I didn't sing it. Stop. Demi immediately lost all of her confidence and dropped her gaze again. We start tomorrow, 9am, and, and I'll have the contracts ready for you then. No one outside of family is to be told you're working on an album until I tell you so. Thank you. Her thanks were constrained and reserved for someone being told that one of the most power powerful men in the music industry had agreed to work with her. She, quickly, oh God, she quickly grabbed her cardigan and left. As she walked away, Simon watched her and curled his left hand in a fist, teasing the muscles in his arm as though she was trying to restrain something. Um, once again, a goddamn tragedy that there's no comments on this. God damn it, you people. So, okay, I'm gonna write down this title of this fic so I don't forget it, and I can leave a comment later, and I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back. So, I decided we're gonna stay on our current page, and I went ahead and randomized that number and got 10. So this is the 10th result, which happens to be Typo by CXRVIR. Um, it's a teen and up rating, uh, F slash F, and it, the fandoms include X Factor and Fifth Harmony. So here we go. Oh wait, I almost forgot. Taking a shot. Oh, God. Booyah! Totally owned level 64, bitches. Fucking amazing. I'm sorry, um, I'm a little lost. Camellia froze and looked up from her iPhone. Oh, sorry, I forgot to say. Wait, no, I did say. Never mind. Camellia froze and looked up from her iPhone, a little annoyed that someone had interrupted her highly important Candy Crush session when she noticed a girl about her age fidgeting nervously in front of her. Now, I'm a little curious. 
The story was written in 2013. I am... This is The year is 2020. I am still hearing commercials for Candy Crush. It has not gone away. It is a scourge... A, a scourge of our nation. A, a blight on our nation. God damn it. It, it is a curse. It is a... A disease of the mind. Like Disturbia. So, okay. Um, let's get back to it. Uh, Camellia froze. Highly important candy crush session when she noticed a girl about her age fidgeting nervously in front of her. Said girl was dressed impeccably for her style. Dark wash jeans. Ooh, that's what I wear. Intentionally oversized patterned sweater. I do not wear oversized sweaters. That's ugly. And a white Peter Pan collar underneath. Don't do Peter Pan collars either. Those things are ugly. It leaned towards hipster length rather than Andy. Her outfit was completely by peep toe boots. Sorry, her outfit was completed by peep toe boots. Uh, she knew right away that it was an Oscar de la Renta Maritania piece, and she had a piece had a pair exactly like it. Beautiful shoes. Automatically liking the stranger at once, Camellia gave her a wry smile. Not only did the other girl look about her age, but she was also kind of hot. Not that that was the first thing she noticed. No, 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 no. It was the way the girl stood in front of her, her stance. Despite being shy and obviously uncomfortable with the understandable awkwardness of their situation, she seemed prepared. Like she was bracing herself for something. Parents are, are probably well off, judging from the girl's clothing or the branded items she noticed right away, like the mulberry oversized Alexa bag clutched tightly in the girl's slender, impeccably manicured hands. She had plenty of experience taking apart a person's outfit, and she found that while she thoroughly enjoyed judging an, an ensemble, this was, this girl girl's was perfect. Y you're lost? She gripped her phone tightly to keep from physically face-palming when she stuttered. The other girl gave her a half-smile, and Camellia nearly stopped breathing. She was so damn pretty. With her dark, wavy hair and a beanie Camellia knew she'd never be able to pull off without looking like a total dork, it wasn't hard to understand why the group of extremely cute guys from her school that usually hung out near the Froyo shop began staring in their direction. Not that she minded, of course. Focus, Cam. Focus. This is like level 64, except in real life and without violently smashing the candy, or the bonus points, or dying from failing a level. It felt like dying. Or a pretty girl. Or even rarer, said girl wearing a perfect outfit. Yeah, my parents are around here somewhere, and my group is at the food court, the girl replied, wringing her hands together nervously. And my phone died just then, she added, a blush tinging her cheeks a pretty pink. She ducked her head at first, seeming shy, and then stared intently at Camellia. Camellia's dead. She knows she's dead because she stopped breathing, and she knows she stopped breathing because she can swear that her normal vision didn't usually have fucking sparkles in them. She can see the girls still talking, her lips are still moving, most likely about how her family is probably worried and that she needs a payphone or something. So, uh, can I- can you help me? 
Those green eyes that Camellia hadn't really noticed before immediately set themselves on her brown ones and caught her so off guard that all she could do was simply gape back. And she'd been doing for so for the past two minutes. Uh, Camellia took a breath. Yeah, fine, I'll totally help you. She said, tearing away her gaze away from the other girls. She's helping a total stranger. A stranger. A complete total stranger. She's definitely dead. Or stupid. Whatever. I'm Lauren. Carla. Camellia flushed. Damn it. I mean, Camellia. Camellia? She nodded. Said, she said Camellia all sexy and low. Cam, focus. How are you lost anyway? She asked, as neutrally as possible. However, it came out more snarky than intended. Lauren's cheek cheeks pinked even further, and not just from the cold autumn wind that blew in from the sliding doors that opened every few seconds near them. I sort of had a disagreement with my friends, so I just left. Camellia started. So you just left? Yeah, Lauren said, as if that was the most obvious answer in the world. In the city you're probably unfamiliar with? The girl scoffed. I've been here like twice, okay? But you left. Yeah. Nice job, smartass. Hey. Lauren's cheeks reddened a little more, and Camellia found that she couldn't help but notice how much prettier the other girl became, even whilst flushed. Just be glad I'm here to save your ass, then, she said, in a moment of boldness. Pretty grateful, actually. She sounded so damn sincere that Camellia's resolve gave in right there. Camellia visibly blushed under the intense stare Lauren gave her. Her eyes are such a startling, startling, startlingly stunning shade of green, she noticed, trying her hardest not to stare too hard at them. Not the intense green gaze she was used to with her friend Nathaniel. Aw, Nathan. Similar shades, of course, but not that same. There was something about those eyes, though, that saw into her. It was a little daunting because they literally just met, but strangely, she didn't mind at all. Are we anywhere near the food court? Lauren asked with a groan. Camellia stood, shook her head, bow tie in her hair, bouncing as she moved around. She fought another blush as Lauren's eyes followed her bows, her bow's movements. She replied, pointing at a store directly adjacent to them, but over there is Typo. Lauren squealed excitedly and ran inside giggling in a way Camellia found ridiculously endearing. Not that she usually found a stranger's laughter to be adorable. No, just Lauren's. She located the teller girl in the middle of the store, happily testing out different pens on a, on a huge sheet of notepad paper, which she supposed were vintage style in a huge, in a huge ass notepad. It was a huge ass notepad though, she mused. And Lauren's handwriting was a pretty cursive short. There were lines where the lines weren't quite straight, and some sentences were quite, weren't quite as legible as the others, and it was gorgeous in its own way without being over the top. It suited her, and Camellia found that she liked it a lot. Cl uh, chancing a quick glance at what Lauren had written on the doodle-filled page, she knew at once that it was Lana Del Rey's Dark Paradise. She giggled. It was so obvious. Noting that overly metropolitan feel of the store, she turned to Lauren to ask a question, but found her drawing an, an outline of a triangle onto her wrist with a black pen. She blinked. You're actually into these? She asked, interrupting Lauren's carefree, oh God, 
carefree exploration of what looked like very oddly decorated pens. She supposed they were pens at first, but they actually turned out to be pen-shaped stamps. Odd. This shop is the coolest, Lauren told her. It's typo. Camellia stared at all the little decorations and odd ends in the store. It was so hipster. Even the name is cool, Lauren said, not looking up from her writing. Camellia strangely wanted the other girl to pay more attention to her. Those eyes that searched through hers earlier were currently focused on something else, and she didn't really enjoy that. It's typo, she said, raising an eyebrow. It literally means mistake. Lauren remained quiet, content with tracing the same triangle with another colored pen. It's actually short for typographical error, or typing mistake, which whichever you prefer. Camellia stared at her. Whatever. Lauren shrugged and carelessly tossed the pen back into a random mug, also filled with pens of similar style. Next to it was retro-style retro alarm clock, which Camellia found really cute. Except she didn't want to admit it was cute, because by admitting it was cute, she'd lose. Lose what exactly? Her dignity? Her unhipsterness? Are we going to find your people? Lauren looked at her, up at her, a thoroughly confused expression on her face. It was kind of cute, if Camellia squinted. Yeah, but five more minutes. You sure your parents aren't going to be worried? You sure that you don't just want to get rid of me? Lauren asked, fixing... Her green eyes on Camellia. Camellia froze and found herself stuttering and a powerful blush made its way to her cheeks again. You blush a lot. It's cute. Lauren smirked when Camellia's cheeks reddened even further. That smirk was far worse than her stare. A good worse. God forbid she'd do that again. Camellia knew she'd be in a constant state of furious blushing and have a temporary inability to speak around this girl. She didn't know if that was good or bad, and it wasn't like they'd met, they'd met again. They'd meet again. They were strangers. When she finally got herself under control, Lauren had gently tugged her out of the store by her hands, and they were quickly walking to a nearby escalator. Camellia stared at her joined fingers. Lauren started, started at Camellia. Where are you from? Camellia suddenly asked trying to subtly disengage their fingers from each other. Lauren stubbornly gripped tighter. Miami, you? North Carolina. Lauren looked at her with that same thoroughly confused expression before when they were in typo, and Camellia grinned, unable to suppress, to, yeah, to suppress it for any longer. Where are you again? She asked with an eye roll. It was Lauren's turn to blush giggle and hide her face into her hands. Camellia turned away, turned to look away, and it stressed her out. Staring's not supposed to be a polite thing, but Lauren was being so cute she couldn't help herself. It's like they were, weren't strangers anymore, and it was weird. My bad. It was a dumb question. Lauren paused after catching her breath. Okay, New Yorker, where are your parents? Okay, New Yorker, where are your parents? Lauren did that smirking thing with her face and her eyes again and lost Camellia for a few seconds. Uh, they're at, uh, well, they're in New York, she replied, mentally smacking herself for sounding so dumb. Lauren raised an eyebrow. Camellia couldn't decide if that was better or worse than the, than the smirk. They're at home, she finally managed to get out. Lauren genuinely looked concerned for her. 
That was definitely worse than the smirk because she was concerned. For for her, of all people, a complete stranger. A stranger, she reminded herself. Lauren was a stranger and you, Cam, are helping her out. They let you wander the streets of New York unsupervised? Lauren sounded horrified. Camelia immediately felt guilty. They don't know I'm out, she said, feeling sufficiently remorseful. How old are you? Lauren demanded suddenly. Sixteen. Why didn't she say that? She should have been... She should have said she was 18 or 17 at least. Dude, you're only 16. That's it. We're bringing you home. Camellia started at the girl incredulously. No way. My parents are at work. But you just said that, that they were home, Lauren pointed out. Camellia felt beyond guilty at this point. Lauren was worrying about her when she didn't have any reason to. And Camellia wanted to run away because she knew... She already revealed a lot, and it didn't help that Lauren seemed genuine. They're at work, working at working and stuff. Lauren raised an eyebrow, managing to look both concerned and unimpressed with her. Look, I know we literally just met, but dude, you're probably younger than me. It's much more dangerous here than anywhere else. Don't even try to deny that. How old are you? Camellia shot back, suddenly feeling very defensive. Seventeen. Camellia raised an eyebrow at that. She is older. Damn it, Camellia, get your shit together. You will not be bossed around by this extremely attractive girl, okay? Got it? Got it? Good. I do this all the time, she said so she said it so offhandedly that maybe she mis misjudged what Lauren's reaction would be. Lauren scoffed and shook her head at head at her, dark hair flying behind her, her beanie tilted precariously on her head, and Camellia found herself automatically wanting to fix it for her. We were finding my parents and my friends, and we're talking. We're taking cap a taxi and dropping you off at home because if some awful random person kidnapped you or something. Because what if some awful random person kidnapped you or something? Lauren said, not noticing Camellia's internal debate. Camellia ducked her head, ashamed under Lauren's reprimand. She nodded meekly at her almost the bub. Come on, I think I smell the food court. Lauren took Camellia's hand again, squeezing, squeezed it reassuringly, and led her to the general direction of wonderful, wonderful smells. We have nine comments and a ton of kudos. Kurz says, I love this. I'm excited to see where it goes. Author responds, I hope you like what I'm doing with the plot in the next chapter. Britanna Blade says, this looks so great. I can't wait for more. Oh my god. Author responds, ah, thank you. C. Libretto says, this is literally the first Cameron fic I've read, and this is really good. Can't wait for more. Uh, author responds, there are definitely more. I'm really glad you like it, by the way. Ara Chin says, I hope you update this soon because I'm loving it. Haha, <laughs> please. Author responds, I'm really glad you're enjoying it. This is definitely... This will definitely be updated. I'm just a lazy person sometimes. And yeah, I tend not to update when I have other things and stuff. Yep, sorry about the wait. I really, really am. But I love you. And then Angel Baby says, Just found this the other day and I'm in love. Great job. Can't wait for more. Okay. Okay, I'm back. So, um... Our very last story of the day, or sorry, our very last story is, um, sorry, I'm trying to turn on the light switch. Okay, there we go. Um, 
our very last story is uh um I put in I I'm uh I'm uh sorry. I am on the same page that I was on. Um and I chose well I, I put in the numbers into the number generator and it chose one. So we're going to read that very first result that I already read to you, but I will uh read again, which is Ruffled Feathers by the writer. And the summary is, Demi Lovato is known for speaking her mind, so when a contestant pisses her off, she tells them exactly why, what she thinks. Um, I don't know if I can drink anymore. I think I'm going to throw up, so um, I'm just going to pour soda in here. I, I told you I'm like a fucking lightweight, so I can't handle this bullshit, so here we go. Uh, it was just soda and I still I still felt it. That's a fucking weak sauce I am. Okay, so the rating is teen and up and uh the category is F slash M and uh the fandoms are X Factor and Demi Lovato. So I hope you're prepared. This is a one shot. Sorry, I was just putting the vodka away. Uh, this is a one shot, and um, oh god, it's it's incredibly short. So you're gonna be you're gonna be happy about this one. You remember, remember when we put on our smiles, and we we were so fucking happy, and we weren't gonna think about the dark things anymore, and um, we were just gonna be happy for once, okay? And and shut up and just smile and just shut up and smile, okay? I knew the guy, though he was something else the minute he walked out on the, on stage. He had struck. He had he had a struck to his step. What does that mean? Like a peacock, I thought. I think they meant to say strut. He had a strut to his step, like a peacock, I thought. He wouldn't be cute if if it hadn't been for the self-satisfied smirk that twitched at the corners of his mouth. He introduced himself. His name was George. Mm. Oh, God. <laughs> Excuse me. And he seemed to have <laughs> the idea he knew exactly how his audition is going to go. He looked over everyone on the panel with a crucial eye, particularly Kelly, Paulina, and myself. His eyes lingering on me for a few minutes longer than necessary. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. When he proceeded to sing his ballad in Spanish, and and that I figured Paulina was the only one who knew the extent of what he was saying. The entire time he was singing, I sat there fuming scribbled notes. I couldn't stand the guy. George finished his audition with a flourish, his eyes settling back on Paulina. Kelly and me, with that same self-satisfied smile. I caught Simon's eye. He always made me go first, and the and as as the panel went from left to right, and I was on the far end, this guy was not going to like what I had to say. Demi? Simon asked. Tell me, woman. George cut in shortly. I bristled, slightly taken aback by his choice of words. Tell me, woman, what? I repeated. I was still annoyed, but I tried to keep it professional. 
and considered before I spoke again. Okay, don't call me a do, okay, don't call me woman, I said shortly. I was still mad. Simon cut it cut it, he Simon cut it, he seemed annoyed. What? I was taking so long to give an answer. Uh, I, I don't know what they were- I read that sentence right. I don't know what's going on. Help. Send help. So tell me, woman. Yes or no? He asked. My head whipped around to face Simon. Most of the time, his jabs at me were made in good fun. And I was in on the joke. But he seemed to find the fact I was mad almost funny. Okay, both of you. Never, ever call me woman again. I snapped. My voice coming out a little harsher than I had intended, but they both shut up. I continued. Really, really don't like your attitude, but I want to see you come back because you're talented, so I'm going to give you a yes. George smirked and winked. I already knew where this was going, and I wasn't putting up with it any longer. No, I said firmly. Don't wink at me. So the contestant had made the cut. That, I was, I still wasn't happy I just hoped I didn't get this the guy this year or there would be hell to pay. What the fuck? There are no comments on this. I am... I am reporting this to the Human Rights Services. This is wrong. I... There needs to be comments on this fic. God damn it. So, um... Shit, let me write this down real quick. Hang on. Okay, folks. That was... That was uh, five different stories from the X Factor fandom. What what do you think? What do you think of the X Factor fandom? Do you like it? Do you dislike it? I personally feel like it's a, a little bit aged. It's a little bit um, on the oldie moldy side. But um, it was enjoyable. It was a little trip back to high school, you know, little trip back. Uh, so, but um, funnily enough, I never really watched the X Factor on TV. I wasn't, I wasn't one of the cool kids. Okay, I was, I was one of the fucking hipsters who watched Clarissa Explains It All with my sister, and I had a good time, okay? So, and we also watched The Nanny, which was so much fun. I really enjoyed it. The Butler was my favorite. Okay, so we're all done with this episode, and um, I should say, if there's a fandom that you want me to read from, please let me know. Um... Yeah, uh, degeneracy, that's it. 